The next day, while it was still very early, the women took the spices they had prepared, went to the tomb, and found the stone rolled away from the tomb. On entering, they discovered that the body of the Lord Yeshua was gone. They were standing there not knowing what to think about it when suddenly two men in dazzlingly bright clothing stood next to them. Terror-stricken, they bowed down with their faces to the ground. The two men said to them, Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here. He has been raised. Remember how he told you while he was still in the Galilee? The Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful man and be executed on a stake as a criminal, but on the third day be raised again? Then they remembered his words And returning from the tomb, they told everything to the eleven and to all the rest. He is risen! He is risen indeed! Happy Easter to you this Resurrection Sunday. How honored and privileged we are to be in the presence of a living Jesus. Verse 3, on entering, they discovered. On entering, you've got to enter to discover. On entering, they discovered that the body of the Lord Yeshua was gone. Of all the discoveries that have impacted man from the time of creation until today, if you were asked to single out the greatest one ever made, which would it be? Now think about it. Of all the discoveries that have impacted this world, from the time of creation until today, if you were asked to single out just one, which would it be? Well, if you said Land Rover Discovery, you need this message. (laughs) You know, the list of discoveries is endless. It's endless. And new ones are being made all the time. Each And every year, researchers make all kinds of breakthrough discoveries. In fact, I just took some time this week, and I've been studying over the past 10 years, the last decade, on discoveries that have been made in the last 10 years. It's incredible. The list is endless, especially if you think of discoveries from the time of creation, wow, until today. Which single one, which one would you single out as the greatest ever? 
And in my studies in the last decade of of discoveries, I, I got to the year 2020. 2020 have many, many discoveries. COVID came that year. There's a lot of research done. I just pulled out two out of the many discoveries that were made just in the year 2020. I, I, I have two for you. Here's the first of two. Discovery was made of plastic eating bacteria. For the first time ever in the history of man, European researchers identified a bacterium that feeds on polyurethane. That's interesting. For the first time, this bacterium, they discovered this bacterium that feeds on polyurethane, and polyurethane is the most difficult type of plastic to recycle or destroy. And this particular bacterium produces enzymes to break down the material. And this is really good news for the world's landfills and for the world's polluted oceans that have been polluted by these plastics. Plastic-eating bacteria. How many of you knew that? I didn't. (laughs) And then another discovery. This is just one of two discoveries in 2020. A zeptosecond was measured for the first time. A zeptosecond. In the year 2020, German scientists announced that they measured the smallest unit of time ever recorded. A zeptosecond is the smallest unit of time ever recorded. Let me try to explain it to you. A zeptosecond is one trillionth of a billionth of a second. I cleared it right up for you. A zeptosecond is one trillionth of a billionth of a second. They said they made this discovery. Now, if you didn't catch that, you'll catch this. They said they made the discovery while studying how long it took a photon, a photon, which is a particle of light. They made the discovery while studying how long it took a photon, this particle of light, to cross a hydrogen molecule. Got it? That's a zeptosecond. As long as it took a photon to cross a hydrogen molecule. Right. Church, listen. Of all the discoveries made, there's only one. I said of all of the discoveries made, there's only one. One that is so far above and beyond all others pale in comparison. And what makes this discovery stand alone is this. It's called the eternal factor. For it is the only discovery which can impact your life for eternity. Multitudes of people are still discovering it. And millions upon millions around the globe are gathering today to celebrate this discovery. 
first made by a group of women at the tomb of one most people considered to be just a crucified rabbi from Galilee. Their discovery would forever change the course of history. On the third day, after Jesus of Nazareth's crucifixion, I said on the third day, after Jesus of Nazareth's crucifixion, as the women approached the tomb, instead of finding a dead body guarded by strong Roman guards, Matthew 28 verse 4 tells us that they found the guards fearful looking like dead men. Then they saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. Their first encounter was with Roman soldiers who were hired to guard the tomb. And instead of finding a dead body guarded by strong Roman guards, they found the guards fearful looking themselves like dead men, and then they saw the stone had been removed from the tomb. Max Lucado says it this way, the stone had been rolled away, not to let Jesus out, but to let them in to see the empty tomb, that he is no longer dead, but lives. Jesus had risen from the dead. Listen, upon this one discovery... Upon this one discovery rests every other aspect of the Christian faith. So we were praying this morning. Pastor Abraham was leading us in prayer together in our green room before the service. And he prayed it this way, that the resurrection serves as the foundation. Lord, help us to remember that the resurrection of Jesus Christ serves as a very foundation of the Christian faith. Without resurrection, there would be no Christianity. One youth pastor said it this way, if the resurrection of Jesus is real, if it's real, it's game on. It's game on for all things Christian. And if it isn't, it's game over. Because everything else we believe is a hoax. I want to repeat that. If the resurrection of Jesus is real, it's game on for all things Christian. And if it isn't, it's game over because everything else we believe is a hoax. If that Jerusalem tomb is indeed empty, and it is, by the way, if that Jerusalem tomb is indeed empty, then this discovery means everything else in our lives suddenly looks different. What should otherwise threaten to destroy us no longer has the ultimate power over us. The darkness that promises to speak the final word no longer has the final word. My Easter message today, this year, is discovering the empty tomb. Discovering the empty tomb. Can we give Jesus praise today that he is no longer in that tomb, but it, that, that tomb is empty. This life-changing discovery has 
It's brought transformation to innumerable individuals down through the ages. How many of you would say to me, Pastor, I've made that discovery. Come on, you're here today. And you can confidently and boldly lift a hand and say, I've made that discovery. This life-changing discovery has, this city-changing, this nation-changing, this world-changing discovery has brought transformation to innumerable individuals down through the ages with young and old alike, eternally impacted by it, both young and old. You're never too old to discover. Even the young. (laughs) I love it. I read of a pastor named Skip Vial. A pastor named Skip Vial. He was attempting to tell the resurrection story in a children's sermon. And he asked the question, What were Jesus' first words to the disciples after he was raised from the dead? What were Jesus' first words? Before he was able to give the answer, a little girl put up her hand, shouting, I know, I know, I know. Good, the pastor said. Tell us, what were Jesus' first words? And without hesitation, This little girl stood to her feet and she put out her hands and she said, Ta-da! Come on, tell somebody beside you, (laughs) Ta-da! In the next few moments, You know, the pastor said, that's as good a translation as any I've ever heard. In the next few moments, let's discover the empty tomb. Come on, discoveries which so many need to make. We're going to consider two today. In John's account, John chapter 20, we find Mary Magdalene. In John's account, John 20, we find Mary Magdalene. She was one of the women who discovered the empty tomb. But in John's account, he focuses on Mary Magdalene. And the first thing we see in John 20 with Mary is that she lingers at the tomb after the others had left. She lingers at the tomb and we see a woman broken. We see Mary Magdalene broken by grief. Her Jesus is gone. From her assessment, someone has desecrated his grave. She's weeping over her loss. She's encountering the deepest agony she has ever known. And this is a woman out of whom Jesus cast seven demons. This woman had agonized much of her life. But in this moment, this is the deepest agony she had ever known. And turning around in that moment of weeping and 
brokenness, she turns around and she sees Jesus standing there, but she does not recognize him. She supposes him to be the gardener. And a conversation ensues. And in the end, Christ calls her by name. And the moment that he spoke her name, from that moment, we read nothing more of sorrow. From that moment when he called her name, we read nothing more of that heart-wrenching sorrow and grief. We read of no more weeping. One of the most awesome discoveries from the empty tomb, number one, joy overcoming grief. Joy overcoming grief. When Mary made this discovery in an instant, in a zeptosecond, the pain of grief, the pain of sorrow was removed. Her heart was filled with joy, so much so that she ran and wanted to cling to Jesus. She was so full of joy that she longed to cling to her master, but Jesus said, touch me not, for I have not yet ascended to my father. Grief is a natural feeling. Grief is one that we have all experienced due to loss that we've encountered. There's all kind of loss. Losing family. Losing loved ones, losing friends. There's all kind of loss. But there's also loss there, An, another kind of loss. And it's loss due to poor choices. It's loss due to failures, such as Peter's denial in Luke chapter 22, Peter's denial of Christ. Three times. There's all kinds of loss. And we can find ourselves due to loss in a place of sorrow, in a place of grief. In the upper room, Jesus told his disciples in John chapter 16 and verse 20, I tell you the truth. You will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn to joy. Woo! Now is your time of grief, but, oh, thank God. Now is your time for grief, but I will see you again and you will rejoice and no one will take away your joy. Oh, how we need to discover and make that discovery today. That discovery from the empty tomb of joy, overcoming grief, overcoming the pain of loss, 
overcoming the sorrow. Church, the empty tomb makes this promise. The empty tomb makes this promise. I will see you again. The empty tomb makes this promise. I will see you again. Perhaps there's loss that you're agonizing over today. Perhaps there's loss that it may have happened some time back, but you've never recovered. Today I want to invite you according to Malachi chapter 4 and verse 2 to see Jesus the son of righteousness risen with healing in his wings I want you to see Jesus risen the empty tomb promises us that I will see you again. And when I see you, you will rejoice. And nothing, no one will be able to take away that joy. Come on. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Give him praise, everybody. Give him praise, church. Come on, I want to challenge you. On this Resurrection Sunday, discover and lay hold of his resurrection power today. A power that lifts you up out of heartache. A power that lifts you up out of disappointment. A power that lifts you up out of discouragement. A power that lifts you up out of bondage, out of the pain of loss. Make that discovery from the empty tomb today. Secondly, And finally, John chapter 20, verse 19. The first part of John chapter 20, part A. At evening, on that day, the first day of the week, when for fear of the Jews, the doors were shut where the disciples were. At evening, on that day, the first day of the week, that's today, When for fear of the Jews, the doors were shut where the disciples were. Here we find the disciples with the door locked due to fear. All of us lock our doors. It's one thing to lock a door out of precaution. It's another thing to lock a door out of fear. I remember my wife's father told us one time that locks are only meant to keep out honest people. You know, it's one thing to lock your door as a precautionary measure, just taking responsibility. It's another thing to lock it because you're afraid. The reason they locked that door is they did not understand what had happened. The bottom line of locking that door in fear is they didn't understand what had happened. 
Peter and John, at this point, Peter and John have already visited the tomb. At this point in John 20, verse 19, Peter and John, they've already received, they've already received the report of the women that they, they've taken the Lord. We don't know where they've taken Him. And Peter and John jumped up and they ran to the tomb and Peter outran John and, or was it the other way around? They, they ran to the tomb and Peter entered, but John stayed out. And the Bible says Peter held those clothes and he wondered. He wondered. They didn't understand. They didn't know what had happened. But they did see. Peter and John did see that the tomb was empty. So upon returning from an empty tomb, they went back to where they were staying and they locked the door again. Though the most incredible thing in human history has just taken place, their fear won't allow them to see it. Their fear won't allow them to understand it. And in all probability, in all probability, they locked that door because they're thinking they were going to experience the same fate at the hands of their opponents. And with all of this pounding in their hearts and all of this pounding in their heads, suddenly, verse 19, part B. <laughs> Let's complete the sentence. Jesus came among them. They didn't have to unlock the door for him. He just walked through the wall. He just walked through a closed door. And the Bible says, Jesus he came among them and he said to them, Ta-da! <laughs> he said, these are his first recorded words that the pastor was trying to get in his children's sermon. Peace! Peace! Peace be to you. Upon seeing him, they realized the grave could not hold him. And all fear was driven away. The second discovery from the empty tomb is fear overcome by peace. Fear being overcome by peace. Right now with all that's going on around us economically, oh my. With all that's going around us right now economically, as well as what is before us in this election year. Many like the disciples are being troubled by fear, being plagued by anxiety and fear. Stress levels have skyrocketed in our nation. Due to worries, due to anxieties, people are going to the doctor's office for one reason. They're stressed. And that stress is coming out and manifesting itself in various areas of their body. Family issues are wreaking havoc. 
Even homes that have been well established for years. Tensions in the home seem to be at an all-time high. For many, their sleep patterns have been interrupted. Sleep does not come easily. They lay awake, staring at the ceiling. This is the times, this is what we're living in right now. Wars raging in the world. Reports are coming to us that we're not going to have enough food. Ukraine produces 75%. Ukraine and Russia produce 75% of the world's wheat. Bread prices are going, everything is going every time you go to the supermarket. It wasn't the same price as last week. Come on. And there's so much anxiety. That's the reality that we're dealing with on this Resurrection Sunday. And we love to come. We love and I mean in the middle of that amazing eight minute song with Jesus, Jesus' name being sung over 200 times, we we just forget our problems, right? But today, in the name of Jesus, on this Resurrection Sunday, we're going to finish by making this discovery of peace in the middle of the storm. Listen. In Christ's farewell message, everybody say farewell message. In Christ's farewell message to his his disciples, just hours before going to the cross, what I'm about to read you were some of Christ's final words. In fact, if you read this, this verse that I'm going to give you, two verses later, Jesus said, rise, let us go from here. These are the final, some of the very final words of Christ to his disciples. His farewell message, John chapter 14 and verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. Church, with all that had happened on Friday at Golgotha's Hill, the day ending with the Roman seal being placed on the tomb where Jesus' body lay, the disciples must have been in dismay as to why they were experiencing exactly the opposite. They were experiencing exactly the opposite the words Christ left with them. Let not your hearts be troubled. Peace, I leave with you. They must have been in great turmoil. There must have been such an inward churning as to why are we not experiencing these final words of Christ to us. But Church, as they were to discover, 
I said as they were to discover, that was not the end of the story. And please note the very first word that Jesus said to them the moment he saw them after his resurrection, peace. (laughs) Peace be unto you. On June 15th, 1815, I close by telling you of a part of history that I'm sure you will remember as I get into it. On June 15th, 1815, well, I'm not sure you'll remember, but maybe you'll remember. As Napoleon came against England in the Battle of Waterloo. Now listen carefully. This was a one-day battle, and the fate of Europe would be determined. The fate of Europe would be determined by the outcome of this battle. The Battle of Waterloo. Napoleon had conquered everything. He, he was about to take, and, and, and if he wins this battle, he conquers Europe. And on June 15th, the day of the battle, 1815, as Napoleon came against England, reports were coming back from the front lines. Now for the British, the Duke of Wellington, the Duke of Wellington was heading up the British-led coalition going against Napoleon. The fate of Europe lies in the balance. The last message received before a great fog rolled in. The last message that was received before this fog rolled in was Wellington defeated. Wellington defeated. Later that day, their sorrow of defeat was transformed into the joy of victory when they were able to read the rest of the four-word message because of the fog that had rolled in. Only two of the four words had made it. The first words were Wellington defeated, but later that day, their sorrow was transformed into joy when they were able to read the rest of the four-word message. Wellington defeated! The enemy. Just the same. From the cross on Friday. From the cross on Friday. Came the message. Christ defeated. From the cross on Friday. Came the message. Christ defeated. Defeated, But just three days later, when the morning fog cleared, we got the rest of the message from the empty tomb. Christ defeated! Stand to your feet and give Jesus the greatest praise. 
Give Jesus the highest shout in the house. The enemy has been defeated. Come on, let's make this discovery. Let's make this discovery of joy overcoming grief, of peace overcoming fear. In the name of Jesus. Happy Easter, everybody. He is risen.